welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Okay, and welcome everybody to the first episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast with your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host, Vincent Byrne. Vincent, what do you think about this? I think it's really exciting. I think um, having uh, taken your course and... uh, been really curious about what you came up with as to um, how our minds work and how they might be self-defeating. Um, I think the com- fact that our conversation led to the creation of this podcast is um, uh, we, we kind of birthed something that we didn't expect. So I'm good for this and uh, excited by what we're going to discover. Perfect. So let's start by explaining what it is that uh, well first before we get there let's talk about briefly about who we are right uh, i'm alexandros megas i'm a hypnotherapist and for those of you who don't know what that is it's a hypnotist that uses hypnosis for therapeutic purposes and uh, for those of you who don't know what hypnosis is or have um misunderstood version of what hypnosis is from watching too many movies, uh, we will get down and explain exactly uh, all the modalities that this kind of practice is uh, made of. And you, my friend? Yes, well, my name is Vincent Byrne, and uh, I'm based in Dublin, and um, I've been a coach for the last 10 years, uh, and I'm predominantly working with um, with business owners. But um, the reason why I became a coach after being a consultant before that was because I became fascinated by why people why people behave the way they did in the running of their businesses and why even when you help them fix the problem, that they went back and did it again. So that's what took me into psychology and energy therapies and and even touched on hypnosis. But um, And that's why I'm fascinated by this and I probably have lots of uh, um, stupid questions that I'm going to ask, but uh, they're the ones that maybe the people listening want to ask too. I love stupid questions. They're the best questions. Uh-huh. Well, you'll get a lot of them. <laughs> they are the most honest questions. So let's get down to why it is that we named this podcast, Your Mind is Trying to Kill You. And I have a little story for that. So I was talking to my friend Vincent here about some stuff that he was going through. He couldn't step into and dissolve certain obstacles that were presented in front of him. And uh, 
using this expression, I was in a very dramatic way tempted to show him that your mind as it is in its default state is not very helpful to you. And so I said, you got to understand, my friend, your mind is trying to kill you. And that is what uh, birthed the name of this podcast, which I believe is very, very appropriate as it is catchy. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. You certainly um, got my attention when you uh, when you made that statement, because um, like most of what I'd have heard before was that, um, you know, because of old programming and um, uh, because of things that we've been told to do and not to do, that that in some way informs our behavior later in life. And uh, and certainly that would have been my experience and the kind of issues that you were helping me with um, reflected that. So, um, but it was still a... Um, a uh, a shot between the eyes to uh, to hear that uh, my mind actually might be trying to kill me. Um, so it was quite an interesting explanation. And maybe you'd uh, share that with everyone else as to what exactly you mean by that. I would be delighted to explain exactly what this is about. Uh, for the purposes of this podcast, I would say that the mind is made of two parts, two main parts, one of which is the subconscious mind, the other one is the conscious mind. What are those guys? The conscious mind is what we use in our everyday awareness. For example, I'm talking to you right now, you're talking back to me, we are communicating, we know what we're experiencing, and we are, as we say, conscious, right? Versus being unconscious. People, when they talk about being unconscious, right? What uh, are they referring to? The fact that that part of their mind that um, is on on uh, their everyday dealings with the world uh, is no longer on. That's what happens when you're unconscious. However, I would say that we primarily are unconscious most of the time we just don't know that and it's because we don't know how the mind really functions does this make sense yeah so is it a little bit like um you know the image that you would see of an iceberg where you've got the 10 percent above and the 90 percent below where you don't see what's going on below but that's actually what's doing all the driving and doing all the influencing uh, the 10% you can see above water is the conscious mind that's really reacting to that. Would that be fair? Sure, that's a really good analogy. The subconscious mind is, well, we're getting down to it pretty fast. The subconscious mind is the programming of a computer. So if we accept that the mind is a computer, the subconscious mind is the programming of the computer and the conscious mind, I would say, in my view, is the monitor. So in the conscious mind, you see the behavior that has been programmed within the subconscious mind in all the years that we're alive. So the idea here is that the programming that goes in there that let's agree to say that it starts at birth, although I would argue that 
it goes further back. But let's just, for the purposes of this right now, explanation, say that it starts at birth. What so, it does then, it starts with a clean slate. So it's like you've got your new laptop and all it's got is uh, Windows or OS, uh, Mac OS loaded on before you start putting any programs in. That's right. That's exactly what it is. So what it does then is that subconscious mind that turns on at that moment and never turns off because it's kind of like the black box that uh, you would find on an airplane that records everything. So, and people are bewildered sometimes when they hear that, you know, if I were to put you into a deep hypnotic state and ask you how many steps did it take today to go from your bedroom to your bathroom, you would know what that answer is. So we do know pretty much everything there is to know about our lives. It's just that it, it is convoluted because it's all jumbled up information that has been accumulating there since birth. And we don't, in, in our default state, if we don't deliberately go in there and make sense out of these things, it will be like a bunch of uh, tape that has been kind of like... Uh, oh, the old reel-to-reel -reel tapes kind of thing. Right, yes. Yeah. So uh, a big, you know, mess of this tape kind of like being convoluted and altogether. This is just as most information is gathered in our subconscious mind because that's what it does. It just keeps on gathering, accumulates information and then when it thinks it might need something, it just goes in there trying to make sense out of whatever it can find in the fastest way possible to just use this. In other words, you know, oh, I need that information now. What do I do if someone pulls a gun on me? And then, you know, you go down the, the rabbit hole of what it is that you have recorded that might match this kind of situation and to the best of its abilities, trying to help you out. Unfortunately, that's not how it ends up most of the time. So if if um, if I was someone who was trained in, um, you know, defending myself uh, from someone who pulls a gun on me and I had gone through routines of, of diving out of the way or whatever I might be taught, that if I had done it well enough, um, is that programming the subconscious to behave in a way that is likely to keep me safe. Um, and then would, I would then be able to react automatically in effect without thinking, um, to respond to that situation. So that would be the difference between me before being trained where I wouldn't know what to do, or I do something stupid that gets me shot or something that I may have been trained to do. Uh, in response to pulling a gun on me, which might actually save my life. Absolutely. This is 100% of how it is. As a matter of fact, uh, most most people are not aware of the fact that I mean, you can't learn anything unless you are able to be hypnotized. You see, because we, we hypnotize ourselves all the time. We fall into trances all the time. Uh, many people that I've told that to, they were bewildered by this because, you know, people, people are like, oh, you know, I, 
they come to you and like, oh, you know, you can't, I'm not hypnotizable. Uh, to which I reply, if you're not hypnotizable, then you're not able to learn, right? Because this is where all the, all the learning happens, goes. Uh, when you keep on repeating things, right? They said that repetition is the, ma the mother of knowledge. And the reason for that is every time you repeat something, the subconscious puts another layer of it into making it concrete and and on that i will actually put a parenthesis there just to bring in an element that a lot of people are so into these days and yet they don't understand why it happens when you use affirmations right people people love affirmations these days right yeah so when you use affirmations this is what you do you keep on repeating this same statement over and over again uh, hoping that it will stick and, and you will believe it. Why do you hope that you might believe it? Because you need to believe it in order for it to become your reality. And in this sense, I hope that makes sense. Everything we do, everything we are, we are because of what our subconscious thinks. So, so that's why it's so crucial. It is so important to be able to interfere and influence our subconscious in a way that is conscious. In other words, we have to try and find ways to communicate in a conscious way to the subconscious. And we can only do that if we know the tricks of how to access it, because those two guys, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, where psychology puts it, the adult and the child, don't talk to each other, right? Because one represents logic and uh, rational thinking, and the other represents emotion, which, you know, those two things, of course, are exactly diametrically op opposite. And, and they are in many, because of that, in many respects, you would say those two guys are enemies. They don't like one another. And so they don't communicate. And so they attack a problem in their own way what you know like you, your your conscious mind might want to attack an obstacle in a certain way and your subconscious mind would have a different way of approaching that now if you don't find a way to put those forces on the same path rather than one trying to extinguish the other you're going to have trouble and obstacles will not be able to be overcome the proper way and the proper way is by learning that making everything that happens when we overcome an obstacle a learning experience versus a trauma which is what happens in most cases yeah that, that's really interesting because it reminds me of a, a book that i read um a few years ago um i think it was called bounce uh, by a um he's now a guardian journalist but he um his name is Matthew Syed, and he was on the British table tennis team in the Olympics. And uh, he tells the story of how he he was number one or number two in the world, and he he uh, was fancied to get the gold medal in the Olympics. And uh, when he got to, I think it was only the second round, he came up against a guy who um, was he should have easily beaten, but. He found himself becoming completely overwhelmed by the occasion and what was going on. 
and uh, essentially ended up bombing out, was well beaten, and was it was the shock of the tournament that he lost the way that he did. And he subsequently um, uh, spoke to people about it, and I think he's, he spoke to hypnotherapists about it as, as well as others. And um, what he um, figured out on their advice was that the conscious mind essentially muscled in and basically said, this is a this is a stressful and an important situation. So I'm going to take over here uh, and I'm going to play this match. Whereas previously he would have relaxed into it, allowed everything he learned in his 20 plus years of playing table tennis in his subconscious mind to play the match. And because his conscious mind didn't actually know how to play table tennis, this was the way he put it, it meant that it was like he was starting as a beginner um, to play the game all over again in probably the most important uh, game of his life up to that point. So that conflict that you talk about, actually, that's what rang that bell for me and reminded me of it. He talked about that conflict too. And this is where when we're in those stressful situations that uh, often the conscious mind taking over completely destroys the impact of what the subconscious could have done for us. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly how it works, uh, the whole thing. Or as uh, Bruce Lipton says, uh, we're constantly in a state of fight or flight. And uh, when this is the case, then we, we never end up making the right decisions the right moves. So the idea here is, first of all, I would say to go back and uh, re-examine exactly what those two parts of the brain are supposed to be doing. We've talked about the fact that the subconscious mind is the programming of the computer and the fact that the conscious mind is the monitor where you can actually see what the programming creates. The idea here is that our subconscious mind is the most powerful part of ourselves. And ironically, the least mature part of ourselves. Okay. Which means that, and that's why psychology calls it the child, because it is for all intents and purposes, a child. And it only, you know, you know, if you have children, the child will only wants what it wants and it doesn't you cannot reason with a child right uh, depending on of course <laughs> some more or some less depending on how old they are you can't reason with them if you really want a child to do what you want them to do you have to find a way that would get through to them and that way is a similar function that we talk about when we talk about getting through to the subconscious. And the reason why we can't is because around the seventh year of age, uh, there is this function of the conscious mind that is called a critical factor. And the critical factor is like a guard that stays in between the conscious and the subconscious mind, not letting most things pass most conscious things should I, I should say so what does that mean it means that if if i if my 
critical factor. I'm like, let's say I'm 10 years old now or 12 or whatever, or whereas my wife says 15. Um, <laughs> I would uh, deal with a situation. Let's say you come in and um, ask me to give you $1,000, right? And we are operating on a conscious level now. And uh, of course, I would, I would say, why should I do that? You know, why are you asking, you know, I, what, what, what am I doing? I'm questioning, right? This is what the critical factor is there for, to question things. But if the critical factor questions, th questions things all the time, it only questions things that are evident to it because they operate on a, on a conscious level. In other words, stuff that, you know, happens in everyday life, you know? Like you're trying to park and there's somebody else over there or you see a cop and you have to do this or you have to do that. These are all decisions we make based on this kind of back and forth communication with the outside world when it comes to the critical factor. But there are ways to get beyond that. There, there are a lot of things that go unnoticed, right? And those things go straight down to the subconscious. And anything that does is potentially creating new programs. And if we don't know anything about those programs, they most likely will be detrimental uh, to our present and our future. Now, in addition to what I just said, I should say that up until the seventh year of age, that um, generally the critical factor is born. Uh, anything you go to a child with, if you are someone that the child considers uh, an authority figure, or if the child likes you for whatever reason, you know, the parent, be it a clergyman, a teacher, or whatever, you, uh, the child will accept what you tell them as. Uh, if it were God's honest truth, it will accept and won't scrutinize any of those things. This is the reason why this, these few years in the beginning of our lives, we suffer the most trauma because subconscious mind that is wide open, in essence, uh, will accept everything in. And we'll try to interpret it, but the subconscious mind, the child, is not very good at interpreting situations. So it will, in most cases, uh, interpret the situations in a false manner and then build on that. So it's like, you know, starting a foundation, not, not being a builder, right? And someone tells you, well, you got to build your own house. And without knowing anything about it, you go start building a foundation on which then you hope that you can build the rest of your house. And you can imagine how that turns out. So is it is it fair to say, though, then that um, and that age group up to age seven, that um, that could be a reason why children can be, you know, manipulated by unscrupulous people, um, whatever about what they tell them that goes in and they believe is true, but even what they get them to do um, and some of what we've seen in the past few years, um, is, is that because the child is not questioning it, it's just accepting it and um, that's why it happens and it continues to happen. 
And then as they get older, because effectively they've been programmed to accept this um, in the under seven age group, that then they continue to accept it as they're older as well. Yeah, 100% is the reason. As a matter of fact, there's a saying that that the Jesuits have, that give me a child before they're seven and I'll show you a man. I mean, I suppose you say human or man, because I guess guess, uh, throughout history, I guess they were most interested in male children, I suppose. But uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. You know, you t- you, you turn you turn. It's like turning uh, anything that is in- entirely undeveloped into something. You you take something you know, like a puppy, for example. You know, it's like a similar thing. You know how they say like you cannot teach all all dogs new tricks. Yeah. That this is the same idea. Whatever the dog. Uh, i.e. the child will learn in those first years is what the programming will be that will base uh, its behavior throughout the rest of their lives. And this is what we are trying to, actually we're not trying to, we are doing it. Uh, Because trying is another, we'll talk about is uh, words are very programming uh, languages, software. So we've got to be very careful how we use it. Yes, so this is what we're here to prevent, in essence, uh, to help people find ways to correct the software damage, viruses, you know, mental viruses that uh, they might have gotten in uh, during the first uh, few years of their lives. Uh, correct those, and then, of course, create a brand new path ahead of them. So, so if you if you take, for example, something that you would have learned in that early development phase up to age seven, uh, and taking the premise behind this whole podcast about your mind trying to kill you, you know, are we saying that something we might have learned back then that it has continued through because we just accepted it back then and we continued to play it out that later in life it then is working against us to the extent that it's it potentially kills us but at best uh, is undermining our efforts to be successful or to have a proper relationship or all that sort of stuff you know what would be an example of that that is exactly what it is no because of all these you see, the, the problem with what well, is a problem, it's not just a problem, it could be a good thing too, depending on how you use it. Uh, the subconscious mind, this programming that comes in is not only, not only responsible for your behavior for the rest of your life, if you don't correct it, but it gets worse. It doesn't even stay there because it has a tendency to find, go out there and try to find situations to match what it has uh, initially believed the truth is. So he will go out there and try to verify the truth in every single way. You want an example of that? How many people do you know that keep on stepping into the same relationships you know, the same toxic award that's being uh, very popular these days, the same toxic relationships 
they and and they think it's oh it's that person so they they you know dump that person or that person dumps them and then they go uh, into a similar or worse relationship right why does that happen because the trauma the virus the mental viruses that we all suffer in those years will go out there and try to grow you know what does a virus do it it tries to spread it it tries to become stronger it tries to become an entity so these viruses will go out there and try to find anything they can any kind of evidence to match what they believe is the truth right so and and usually as as i would see that and the simplest example of that i've ever come across um not so much in relationship but certainly in the way for example parents tell their children not to talk to strangers that that obviously is a protective message at the time um but then if the child holds it and continues to verify and validate it then they could get to a point in their 20s or 30s where they're afraid, afraid to pick up the phone and make a, a sales call or even become very um, agitated when they're in a room full of strangers and not being not knowing what to say to them or not wanting to say anything to them. Um, they would be the examples I, I, I would have seen quite a lot of. Um, that presumably is, is quite a common uh, occurrence. Yes, of course, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so on the basis, and I know, I know, I was intrigued when we had our conversations before around my stuff, and you you mentioned it again earlier that this is this is actually about training. It's about um, in the same way that you you uh, when you're trying to learn um, a piece of information or you're trying to uh, learn a new skill. It will be through repetition that you're constantly honing it and honing it and honing it so that it becomes natural and to a point where you're not thinking of it. So you're learning to play the guitar, you're moving your finger on the fret, fingers on the fretboards, it's sore and it's uh, you have to think about each movement. And then by repetition um, and constant practice, it then becomes something that you just do. So what I'm intrigued about, and I never uh, would have associated working on your mind in the same way as you would learning to play the guitar. Uh, that was a revelation for me when you said it. Um, what we're saying in terms of changing um, our programming is it's not dissimilar to learning the guitar, even at this stage in our lives. It is something that we have to do by conscious practice. Uh, and conscious intention to uh, to work through the process of changing whatever programming we have. Is that fair? Absolutely. And so then I believe that we have adequately um, delivered a definition of why your mind is trying to kill you. What did we touch upon yeah. today? We We talked about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, what their differences are what their functions are, who, what part is responsible for what. We talked about the fact that our behavior, all our behavior comes out of our subconscious mind. And uh, 
there are so many ways in which our subconscious mind gets the wrong idea about many things. And because of that, it creates a lot of problems for us down the road. And if we can get in there and straighten things out, we can create a brand new life for us. Not a brand new reality, I would say. This isn't, this isn't a, a figure of speech. This is exactly how it is. Because our, li- our reality in the way that we experience it is based 100% on what our subconscious mind believes it is, right? Uh, so we need to step in there and change our beliefs. It's what we call belief, the belief systems. People talk about the belief system, but most people don't know what a belief system is. And a belief system is a program, is a subconscious program that accepts something without the need to scrutinize it, to find evidence for it. Okay. So... And would you say that there's hope for someone like me who's 57 and obviously has a lot of bad programming, uh, to even at this stage, to start to change things? Um, and I speak for myself, but also for the potential of people listening to this who might think there's only a certain point that I can operate from. And even taking your uh, earlier phrase, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So do you reckon you can teach this old dog new tricks absolutely actually as i was saying that i was i was laughing to myself because <laughs> I, was, I knew that i'm gonna we're gonna get back to this <laughs> uh, and i will have to say not only is it doable but i personally consider it a crime not to do it you yeah. owe it to yourself you oh, forget when who's yourself when i talk about yourself i talk about your spirit you owe it to your spirit that breath uh, that lives in in your in your heart that spark this is what made you come here and experience this life in the first place so you owe it to yourself to your spirit to your soul whatever you want to call it to get back there and correct whatever it is that needs to be corrected and then you'll see that everything else will unfold in a beautiful manner because, you know, it's like going into your closet. See, your closet, that's actually, that's a good uh, example. Uh, many people have closets that are a mess, right? Total mess. You can't find anything in there. And, and then all of a sudden there are people that are actually uh, trained to go in there and uh, organize your closet. Uh, you've heard of those people. Yeah, you yeah. Get- money too so this person comes in there and organizes the closet hardly throws anything out and now everything is in the order it's supposed to be and now you can find not only can you find everything but you step in there and you feel good right you feel balanced you feel uh, happy there's a joy there's a comfort that comes with that so we find out how to step outside of what it is that we thought that was the truth about our lives and who we are, and then realize that we are way bigger, way more powerful than we ever thought. I believe that this is the best gift anyone can give to themselves, if that makes sense. Oh, brilliant. Um, I'm excited now. Um, 
given that there's hope for me. And uh, I look forward to uh, our next episode where we'll hopefully take this another step further. Absolutely, many steps. We're going to take this uh, many, many steps further. And uh, until we are, we are going to be broadcasting every Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Until next time, have a great week. Take care of yourself and... Uh, don't let your mind kill you. Don't let your mind kill you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week. Mm-hmm.